Next Saturday, all the volunteers and the leaders, I have another session with you. It is called Growth Engines. I'm dealing with Growth Engines, how things work. It's going to help you even in your business. So um, the session, I had one last month. And once a month, I'm spending time with my leaders investing in you. Um, the sessions are free. Um, it's very informative. We're going to have a great time of interaction as well. And I please want you to be a part of it. I need you to get involved. I need, I need to develop the next level of leaders. And so your commitment, you've got to get up from where you are and be on the move with God in this season. I am telling you today that God is on the move and you need to be on the move with him this season. Please say amen. And you know, one of the most difficult times is during winter because it's like everything inside of me says I want to sleep in. It's a rough start this morning. I mean, getting up this yesterday morning to go and preach to all the men, I timed that thing so beautifully. They told me I'll be taking the mic at 12 o'clock. So I walked in there at 20 to 12 perfectly. And of course, the sermon, the previous pastor was there and uh, not, not because anyone listen, I didn't want to listen to him. It was because I, wasn't, I was feverish the whole week. And so um, I didn't want to be a, hang around with anybody. But he finished after 12. And then they did some lunch. And then they had a men's game after that. And then they did worship after that. And then I came on after that and asked, would I like to stay for lunch? And I said, no, thank you. And it, I mean, we got him off past three. But I was willing to move. And God's grace comes upon you. And this morning, for everyone, I want you to know that. Don't you ever underestimate movement in any man's life. Because it means a lot. When you appreciate your husband getting up in the morning. Come on, somebody. He's gone to work. He's getting up. He's a man on the move. Is, is, is moving with God. You, you need to take time to understand because, you know, sometimes it's, it's difficult just to get out of bed. It's difficult just to even get your mind thinking in the right direction. And when you find a man on the move and you find him having momentum, it's a glorious thing. It's like watching an eagle. When an eagle is on the move and the eagle begins to spread and, and begins to... It's the most beautiful thing to see this thing move. And so, as we get into the sermon this morning, play, uh, uh, what did I say? Play the man. That's the series. I want you to just put up, say what? No, the title of my sermon is Man on the Move, Pastor Z. My series is called Play the Man. I am awake this morning, honey. Put up my picture, please. I want to show you something. I've been teaching on the Gospels, and if you want to you wanna, you wanna find, uh, you know, how to uh, get involved in on what questions to ask this guy. You want to date a guy or even your husband. You know, the guys can get to a place where they're so caught up in their work, and all they give you is yes, no answers. Are you okay? Yeah. How was your day? Fine. They're looking for conversation. So there are a couple of things that you can ask some questions, ladies. Yeah, I'm helping you. I'm helping you. There's, we're teaching on, on Jesus in the Gospels. And so um, you look at every single one of the writers in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and every one of them are looking at Jesus almost as if um, you'd be looking at a different portion. He's, he's so magnificent and he's so 
majestic and he's so, you're so in awe of who he is. And the best you could do is through the Gospels, when you, when you study any one of them, the four faces of Jesus, um, you, you're finding that Matthew can only capture uh, Jesus being a king and a Messiah who's come with a kingdom. And he is the one that tells you that the, the deficit in a man's spirit is that he needs a kingdom. He doesn't need a religion. He needs the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. So Matthew begins to look at him at, an, at a certain angle, and that's all he can document all throughout the scriptures. And so that's the one face of every single man that it must be. And then when you look at um, Mark, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Mark would look at him only as the burden bearer, the one who carried the, the cross, the one who came to serve humanity. He begins to see him because he sees him differently, and he just sees the way Mark represents it and, and, and describes him because you could have, we were eight in the house and, and every one of us can tell about dad a different way because the different times and experiences we had with him. It was pretty much what, what the disciples were doing and by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we're looking at Jesus. He was, Mark was saying, but he, he only came to serve humanity and, he's, and this is who he is. Now, if we only had the book of Mark, then, then we would have, um, you know, a man only working hard in a way, and serving humanity. But there's much more to that because when you look at Matthew, Matthew says, well, he's more than that. He's a king. And so your husband, there's a king in that man. Come on, somebody. There's a king. He's not just, he's not just the ox and the burden bearer for your family, financial burdens. He's there also, also to, 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 to be a king and to be treated that way. And every man desires it. Every man desires it. In fact, you were made for dominion, my territory, which deals with the king, the lion inside of you. When you listen to Dr. Luke, Dr. Luke is, 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 a, is a smart boy and the way he writes and, and documents um, uh, the book of Luke. He's also the one, of course, that writes the book of Acts. And so he begins to document things and he begins to lay out certain things and he speaks about Jesus being the man. Jesus, the son of man. And how he can relate to man. And he's the one that tells you about the prodigal son that comes home and relationships and, and the like. So, so Luke is really interesting because you speak about healing and, and the like. We'll get into that, into that book. Um, the book of John is really interesting. And why we're going to start there is because you must study the book of John. John, when we got born again, they told us the first book that you study is the book of John. And I never really understood why until later in my life. And the reason why you would study the book of John is because John is, is he's your grandpapa. He was the last one to write. He was, everybody else wrote their understanding and their, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, who, how they saw Jesus. But John, John is different. John is your, is your guy that, um, that understands things about Jesus that no one else does. He's the one that when you could hear about the, the one, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one that could lean upon his breast, the one that had an intimate relationship with Jesus because Jesus had the 12 and then he took the three, they went up on the mountain and the Mount, Mount, Mount Transfiguration. But when you speak about the one that Jesus loved, the disciple, the one, the disciple whom Jesus loved, it was not that he loved Jesus so much. He says we love him because he he first loved us. He didn't understand how much he loved God. He understood how much God loved him. 
John is, is, is John is, he's the revelator. He's the, uh, he's the one that was allowed to sow in the spirit. He's the one that when you look at um, the, the, this description here, I am, I am assuming that every single man we're dealing with, you have a foundation that is Christ. And then you have these four Gospels. So the reason why you start with the book of John is because when John begins to write in his old age and in his 90s and he's in the Isle of Patmos and he's, he's describing different things, have a, have a look at who John really is. He's your spirit man. He's the man that is your eagle. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. If you can go with me quickly. After these things I looked and I behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard like was like a trumpet speaking with me saying come up here come and soar in the spirit and I will show you things which must take place after this when you are dealing with developing the man and the four faces of the man and you want to play the man, you, you, you don't start with Dr. Luke and give him his doctorate first. Listen, ladies. Stop telling a man to act like a man. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, acts. You've not given him any of the gospels. You've given him every other poll. You have not given him the gospels. When you give him the gospels, because you can't make a demand on a man. My, Martin Luther said, you know, it is a cruel jest to ask a man, a bootless man, to strap up his boots. It's the same thing we've done with men. Act like a man. Man up. Act. But you've not told him about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because Jesus, the man, never asked them to do anything he never first deposited on the inside of him. So, the book of Acts, there is no end, but it's the beginning of a movement, but it's because there's a deposit. How can we ask our sons to act a certain way? If you've not taken the time to deposit inside of them what they need to look like real men. All they know is the hood. And you put them in front of that television, they're playing, you know, the games better than you and you think that's really good. And they can use your swipe your credit card and, you know, can't wait for Sumizi to come on so the Sumizi can raise them up. And that becomes their role models in life. Whose fault is it when they wake up confused? They've not been given an image of what it looks like to be a man. And when a young girl has not seen it and um, she goes looking for something that she's just longing for, she believes she needs something and ends up with rubbish 
because she can't ask the right questions, have the right conversation. And here's what's interesting for me yesterday, though. Um, I'm done with the conference, and uh, sort of the afternoon session as I begin to start, a whole group of ladies walked in. And they all just went quietly to the one corner, went to go and sit in the corner. And just, I was like, that's interesting. At a man up conference. And so, I mean, I just, pre- I prayed and I preached. I did, what, did my thing and got her from there and I left. But two of them wouldn't leave me. So I took the back route, you know, went down at the bottom. Pastor Narissa was still signing a book. She had relaunched a new book. I took, went with Brian to the car, greeted the pastors. And before I get in my car, these two ladies are standing next to the car. And they said, let me tell you. I know this is a men's conference, but we heard with you coming to preach. And we've journeyed to come and listen to you. And the things that we're hearing, we're asking God about men. And there's many things in our environment. Here's was the interesting thing though. We had some conversation. And she said to me, can you tell me? I'm hearing all the faces of the man that we need to see. But if I had to look for one thing in a man that I would say that this should get my attention, I said, it's a smart question. What should that one thing be? If I am looking for a man, I mean, it would be good to say, look, make sure he's rich. Then I, then I disqualify because I was broke. My wedding day, all passes he got was a borrowed ring from somebody. Oh, you don't want to hear my story? No. You, you, you see, you can't come after 38 years and say, you want to be like me, but you don't know my start. We come from nothing. One gift that I got when someone heard I was married was my aunt. She gave me a red tablecloth. That's all I ever received. You don't want to know about how we came with nothing and had to build up and fight for everything, every single step of the way. So don't look at me sitting in Paris. Shouldn't I have been there a little earlier anyway? I mean, 38 years is a long time. But here we are anyway, and we're still getting better. Because I'm a man on the move. Here's my answer. I said, that's such a smart question. And I, I had one or two things going through my, my natural mind, but the Spirit of the Lord said to me, I mean, just gave the answer. I said, which of course has stirred this title for me this morning. I said, you know, in my environment, Pastor Z wasn't the first woman. And in my environment, she wasn't the only one. I had many invitations. I had many other relationships. And even though I had been with many, 
I made a choice for one. And everything inside of me was willing to move. Now, I mean, it made it more interesting because they said, you can't have her. They said, mm, don't say that to me. And what it does is, what, what I was saying is that, think of Jesus. He was willing to leave heaven and move to get his bride. The question you have to ask, what are you looking for? You're looking for a man that's willing to move. You are looking for a man that is willing to come after you and say, if you say no to sex, he's still willing to come after you. And you say, you're going to wait until I say so, and he's still willing to do it. The question, what you're looking for, ladies, is, is, is there something inside of him that gets him to move? I mean, for the right reasons. Some guys move for all the wrong reasons. But everything about life, born again life, and natural life, of course, is the fact that there's got to be movement inside of a man. You must be willing to move with God. There must be something inside of you that says, I don't know enough. There is nothing in the Bible that tells you that you must settle. When you look at God and God's movement in any God-fearing man and you play the man, you want to see this in Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. He says, come out. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. He says, come out from your family. That's a man on the move. Come out from your country, your father's house, to a land I will show you. What's God doing? He's saying, follow me. Get out. Keep moving. The Bible says about a man, the man shall leave his father's house, his mother's house, he shall leave and he will cleave. You show me a man that's unwilling to move, don't touch him. You wait until he starts to really move and pursue you. You don't pursue him. You can serve and a man can see your kind of service. Let's speak about Rebecca. We can speak about that because he said, Isaac sent them. He says, go and find me a wife. But there was a certain kind of attitude in the, in the women's conference. We'll speak about it. How, how to serve in an environment where it was, I will not just give you water, but I'll give you camel's water. And said, that's the one. But you putting your stuff out there, honey. You think a man respects that. There is no way. What you're looking for is a man that will pursue you. And more than that, not scalumpies. Private inbox. No, 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 no. I'm willing to go public with this one. I was willing to go public and say, let me tell you now. You, you know, 
Pastor, he always remembers the story. Can I, can I say it? What? It's too late. And now I need to say it. I said it. Guys, no, no WhatsApp messages, right? No place to store phone numbers. What do you do in my age? I'm, I'm 20. Where, where do you put your numbers? Chetapuk. You guys are shocked. We wrote, yes, we wrote in a book. The girls' numbers were in the book. And so, you know, there's girls you don't bring home. Your apostles going somewhere this morning. I'm mean, like in trouble this morning. And then there's the ones you bring home. You're saying, let me tell you now. I know I stay in Kari, but I'm going public with this one. Say, honey, come here. Let me show you where I stay. Let me introduce you to my mother and my father. I mean, those other girls, you know, bring girl home. Mother say, but hey, hey. I mean, Mom, you need to get born again. Really, you need to get born again. Really get... Yeah, I, no, come on, Holland. Come on, come on. Get, come on, guys. Get focused now. Stay focused. The point about this thing with Pastor Z. So I introduce her and, and so, so, so where do you stay in? And so, yeah, yes, mom, come home and, and, and. And so, you know, on the, that's the first visit, you know. Oh, thank you very much, Mrs. Holland, blah, blah, The second visit, come home, come and just check out. She said, well, okay, so your, you know, your room and, 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 and. Yeah, she comes in, I said, yeah, here's my wife, my, not my Wi-Fi, my iFi. Put it in my own little set that I got there. And she just like, you know, opens up the drawers and pulls out the book. She opens up the book and she closes it. She doesn't say anything, puts it away. Why? Her name was on the top. And for 38 years, this man has been on the move to try and impress this girl. For the last 38 years, I've been pursuing this woman and I said, look, Tell me the place you haven't been to yet. You haven't been to Paris? I'll make you. I'll take you to the Eiffel Tower. Come on. Is there a man willing to pursue that woman and say, I will show you. Because they told me you'll never make anything. This man is going to mess up your life. And I said, I'll prove a point. I've been pursuing this girl. Let me tell you today, I will have a session with a man only. We will do a PG lesson and I'll teach you about pursuing your wife even at this age. And you sitting there with your 18 year old self, ah, if she wants to. Woo, this men's conference. I haven't even started preaching yet. The number one thing is, is he willing to move? This thing is so deep because everything about 
A man that is unwilling to move affects everything from his learning to his physical body. Don't want to exercise. And calling for recompense. We know what recompense you're looking for. That's not what it means in the Bible. No, you, you only got one body, man. You've only got one body. That's the thing that God gave you. And I'm telling you more and more, I'm paying attention to everything inside of my body. And there's days when you were young, it's like, I just get over this, get over that. But there's certain things inside of me. I've got to, I've got to pace myself. I've got to look for certain things. I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got to treasure my energy. And there's a whole lot of things that I'm doing because I'm, I'm, I'm having to take care of my, this is the only body that I've got because when this body is gone, I am gone. Do you understand that? And so you must take care of your body, Quentin. You, Brian, I'm calling for every businessman. Let every husband in this place pray a good holiday for them right now in the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about one where you're still on the phone when you're on holiday, Quentin, and having to back and forth. You only got one body. No, you're going to take that phone, and when you're driving out by the driveway, you put that phone under the wheel, and you smash that thing when you leave so that nobody can get hold of you because there's only one body that you have let's get into the word this morning everything about the kingdom of God if that man's unwilling to move you are in trouble because the renewal of the mind do not conform do not stay in the box do not stay formed in a particular place. No, no, no. My grandfather and, and, and every one of us come from this religious sect. No, no. But are you willing to move? Abraham moved. He was a moon worshiper. When God put a vision, the eagle, the vision inside of, day, inside of uh, Joseph, the first thing was he got thrown into a pit and God arranged transport to move him away from the people. Because there's nothing in the kingdom that gets you to settle. Genesis chapter 11, quickly. Verse 1. You show me a man that, I, I, I'm telling you now, he, he might be broke. You're not even looking for the money yet. You might not even, you might not have, fully understand the vision. You must check his willingness to move. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, come let us make bricks and, make, and, and asphalt for mortar. They came, the Bible, let me get past this. They came to settle in a place. Nothing about the kingdom settles. Nothing. God had an issue because they said, we'll settle here when we're going to build up high. God says, my instruction was, you start here and you spread out. You show me a man. Man, I, I, they called me the dreamer. Because I'm absolutely broke, but I, am, I got paper out. And I'm picturing what my house is going to look like. I can't afford it, man. Listen to me, man of God. 
I'm sitting in a place here. You ask my wife. I said, I'm telling you now, I got nothing for you right now. But if you follow me, I will take you all over the globe. I am telling you, I see inside of me. I see a house, but I see a swimming pool. I see our children, and there's two of them. I see dogs, and I see this beautiful place you're going to thoroughly enjoy. I delivered on it, not because of anything. I never had a cent in my pocket, but I had a dream inside of me. There was an eagle inside of me that was willing to dream. Let me fight. He must at least have an imagination. What is your imagination? Your dream is for free, man. I get to move without moving. I, go to, I get to end up at, in New York shopping with money and dollars in my pocket. And I'm sitting in my house. What am I doing? Your imagination can take you to a place. While you in the sitting in the same place, sitting in one place, taking you somewhere else. Has he got a dream? Because the reason why you study John is because John could come up here. Let me show you what's to come. The eagle inside of every man is there. His ability to dream. Let me just shout this one more time. A dream is for free. Who put shackles and chains on your dream? You see, you don't start by finding a job first. You dream. The reason why some men go nowhere is because they're so caught up with budgets and faith. The eagle inside of you can't take you anywhere. Because without faith, let's go to the beginning. So, so when you want to you find from a man and you want to raise up your sons and you want every man to develop and have the four faces, the first thing you start off is not by giving him a job and not by giving him just an education. The first thing that that boy needs, John chapter 1, please, verse 1. Let's get into some word quickly. In the beginning, you want to start with the man? If the man is lost, if the man doesn't know who he is, if the man has got, is confused, what do you do? You go back to the beginning. Because in the beginning, work with me, was the word. John bypasses, oh, that one begot that one, that one begot that one, and Mary and Joseph and the manger, and, and, and. He skips all of that. And he jumps right into the center of what a man needs. And he says, this man needs the word. Because Jesus was the living word. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. You're speaking about a real man? 
You show me a man that's in the word of God. That's your man. And he might not fully know it because none of us, none of us came out of our mother's womb spraying in tongues. None of us. But he was he willing to move and develop in the word of God. Because the Bible says, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the question I have for every woman. You want to know him? Ask him, does he take the word of God seriously? Is he willing to pursue God? Because you're not going to know everything about God. And when I got to Bible college, it was a very encouraging word they preached to us. It said, they told us it takes about 75 years for you to become a real good Christian. When you listen to Abraham in Isaiah 51, you'll come back to this. Isaiah 51, I want to show you something because I don't want any man to be discouraged this morning as you're on this journey with God into becoming. But you have a choice to get off. And you can stop becoming what God has called you to be. Listen to me, you who follow. You who follow. It's the same word Jesus told the disciples. Follow me and I will make you. The question is, is this man willing to move? That's the first question. How's he moving? In which direction? You know, sometimes it's not even that he's moving exactly with God or it's 100%. That's not the issue with me. The point is when I look at a man and I look at him, he's on the move and he's inquiring and he's sitting down and he's asking questions and he's writing on stuff and he's trying some stuff and he fails, I get excited. Why? He's trying to move somewhere. Because God only can direct a moving vehicle. A stationary vehicle. All you do is every week. Uh, uh, we used to play. My father's broken car in our yard, no engine, sitting behind there every day. One day when I'm gonna drive, uh, uh, I tell you what I'm gonna do. Uh, make all the sounds. No, no, we have 55, 60 year old men doing that. We got 25 year olds doing that. Sitting with your Man United top, one day when we win it, it's like, just stop it. Get up and really move, man. Come on, somebody. Shout an amen in this church. Because you need to get up from where you are. You need to stand to your feet right now and give some movement in this church. And begin to believe that I need to find a man on the move. Because we're not perfect, nobody is. There's only one who's perfect, his name is Jesus. The question is, are you willing to try it? Are you willing to move? I mean, I tried all kinds of stuff. We had, we, we bought a food cart. I just like my whole mind. I can't be stuck in a job and not have money and be broke every month. I tried stuff, man. The food cart was the worst thing we could have ever done. I mean, I think my, my wife and her back is hurting because I'm going to work and she's going to pull out the food cart thing in the mornings and it was horrible. And then one day, you know, with our clever selves and no Jesus in our lives, came up here to Little Falls. And we heard on a Sunday that this woman, she's selling a pizzeria. We owned it the next day. How clever are you? 
I mean, there's a real reason why she's not, she's not, make, you know, she's not selling it because she's not making no money. Three months, lost 60,000 rand and said, okay, we need to get out of that. That wasn't the point. I mean, it cost us, but I was willing to move. I mean, call me foolish, call me all kinds of other things, but this man was willing to move. No, you're going to have to give me credit because I'm willing to move. I'm not saying for me only, I'm preaching for every man. If your husband's making mistakes, anybody's willing to move, you've got to give him credit this morning because he's a man on the move. Come on. If he never heard God 100% and he tried something, I don't know about you, but I'd rather be a wet water walker than sitting in a dry boat with dried out Christians. I'm going to try it with God. I'm going to be on the move with the Lord because you're not going to stop me. I'm going to try Try it one more time. Don't you mess with that. Oh, you come back and tell me about my mistakes. Hey man, I got out of the boat. Peter got what none of the other disciples got. Because he was willing to move. Don't you discredit that man for moving. He tried something. He planted something. He's a man on the move. He's doing something. I get excited around men like that. At least he's willing to try. Now I'm going to give you credit one more time. Come on, just. And so when you come up and you deal with John, Let's get into some preaching. John speaks about the movement, about the eagle. The eagle, God is known as, he, he calls him, he references himself as both eagle and lion. It's because the eagle gets to see the furthest. Tremendous eyesight. It's got to do with vision. That every man should have a vision for his life. Vision in the very essence, the very nature of a vision means movement. It means that, honey, if you're going to ask him any question, ask him what does he see for the future. Oh, I see you, baby. I see you, hips, lips, and fingertips. Hey, shut up. I am asking, where do you see us going to? You accept all kinds of rubbish from these boys that don't know who they are themselves. Send them to church and send them to Apostle Max. You get impressed with little stuff, man. Little trinkets. Little shiny stuff. It's rubbish. Rubbish. If he doesn't know where he's going to, where, where, you're gonna, where is he going to take you? He can only take you as far as he can see. Where is he going? Where are we going to with this thing? What does this mean? Ask the questions. He might not be the guy. And then happiness get up there. I mean no ringy. No dingy. No pain. 
Bye bye. So long. Bye bye. Because I need to know where you're taking us. And you know, the thing about the, there's such a deficit of, of God fearing men with vision and direction of where to go is that the girls are impressed with very little. Very little. I'm into a place of blessers and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. The first thing that man needs to be is a dreamer because the dream's got to do with vision and where he sees you going. I told my wife with, no, with not even a job, I know you're pregnant and I owe you. But I'm going to build something for you. And I'm going to take you places. And I've kept my word. I've made a vow. And I promised her, I, you missed one honeymoon, but every year I'll give you another honeymoon. She only waited about 18 years for her kitchen to be built. I promised I'll do it. Stop looking at people that have been down the road this long and been faithful and comparing them to you that's been unfaithful. Not you. I'm talking about the little ones that have been unfaithful. No, no, build something. Because we, I, I decided to get onto a journey with God. There's a real reason why I wouldn't even put wine to my lips. I was a drinker. I don't even mess with it. There's a real reason why I don't even get involved in the lotto, in gambling and the like. Because when I said to God, when I said, he said, look to the rock from which you were hewn. That means I can look at Abraham that God will take a hundred years before that baby comes. But God is shaping a man and this man is on a journey with God. And I'm speaking to every man, don't be discouraged in the season. Because God is chipping away the things that are not of him. And he is bringing you into your fullness don't you compare yourself to another man don't compare your marriage to my marriage i am an example to some and i can be somebody's example and i am a father to some but you must not compare yourself to me i come a mighty long way with god that's why every man's hallelujah is not the same when i get into a presence of a man that's been through rough waters i salute and i respect him when i find a young man boasting about what he's gonna do and you know young girls mocking the older oh, I don't need a spiritual father oh I need this and 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 you keep walking that road honey I am telling you now as a 59 year old I've been on a journey a little while there's a long road from where you are to where you want to be there's a lot that can happen in between you must take every step and what every day that God gives you and say God shape me a little more oh God make me into the man you called me to be oh God make me into the father you've called me to be not every man's hallelujah is the same there's no heaviness that comes with the cheap talk you come and walk this walk man don't you be come and be a fool Only a fool corrects upward. It's a good time to shut your mouth. 
and pay attention because I had a lot to say as a young man when as a preacher and I'm telling you ministry will teach you lessons and shut you up I have a deep respect for pastors and spiritual fathers and the work that they do you talk cheap stuff and bring it in here this is a walk Oh, it's just a cop-out for Christians. You're being born again. You come and walk. Don't speak rubbish to me. Please be seated. Uh, this is the journey, man. As a young man, it's the best thing for you to do is to shut up. Don't put your mouth to stuff you don't even know. You haven't been on that road. Looks like you got it together now. But life, he, he'll teach you. He'll take you. <laughs> In your strength, you talk about stuff. When you're speaking to John, John's an old man and he's a real reason why. He's not even dealing with little stuff and nonsense. He says, you want to fix a man? He says, take him into the spirit. You want to teach a man how to deal with demonic forces? That's the reason why an eagle never fights a snake on the ground. That eagle will take that thing up into the air and say, let's fight up here and let's see what this thing happens. Let's see what happens with you. You think you got it together on the ground. I'll take you up into the spirit and I will deal with you in the spirit because you don't know me. I've come a long way to fight me. You'll fight you in the spirit and let's see what happens. To mess with the man of the spirit. Don't you mess with him. Because a man that's been trained in the spirit. You're going to suffer under that thing. You act like a snake on the ground. And speak nonsense. You've got to get past that. I don't know why I'm onto that. I just need to let you know. Because in John chapter 1. The first thing that he does is. He deals with the spirit. He says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And then the word can become flesh. That even though the enemy comes and brings sickness and he says you got bounce palsy, you take him up into the spirit and you deal with that devil up in there and that your healing becomes flesh and say there's your healing, there's your healing, come on somebody, there's your healing. You find out from that man, you make him a real, this is the, I said it yesterday and I'm going to say it again today, in this church. We're not raising up altar boys. We're raising up kingdom men. Now clap your hands for that because we're not backing down. I said we're not backing down. Put some courage on the inside of you. Put it inside of your men this morning. Put it inside of the boys this morning. Let every woman look for a kingdom man. So he gets up in there and he, and he deals with the fact that you can take a man and you can find a man of a spirit and when you connect him with the spirit of God, he becomes a different man. That his first spirit before his flesh. We're coming to Dr. Luke and he needs his doctorate and he needs to go to university. We're not against education, but education is not our starting point. 
His starting point is the spirit. Because where he's going to, and even when he gets married, the connection first, the connection is in the spirit first. It's a spiritual reality that gives him one putting a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. He must understand that. He's got to be willing to leave his altars and ancestral worship for the sake of coming into the kingdom of God. I mean, what has light got to do with darkness? Righteousness with unrighteousness. It's two different altars. No, no, you know, I'll just get married now and then, you know, he's going to get saved afterwards. And your father-in-law is the devil. The Bible says it. Let's get into chapter 2. Because Jesus has an encounter with a man, by the, uh, by, with a teacher. His name is Nicodemus. And the Bible says we call him Nick by night. Because Nick comes to Jesus at night. He's a man and he's honorable in his community. And all he knows is one thing about religion. And Jesus has this, has this encounter with him and he says, um, so no man can do the things that you do because you're finding ordinary teachers of the Bible can't perform the stuff that you're doing unless God be with him. So he says, but Nick, you must be born again. He says, how can that be? Because he says to him, first of all, look, you're a teacher. You should have known this stuff. He says, but you must be born again. He says, but how? He says, but go to my mother's womb. He says, no, no, no. You must be born of the Spirit. John's wasting no time to tell you that there's the connection between the man and him being filled with the Spirit of God. You want to find a real man? Find out if he's authentic in the Spirit, man. Find out if there's an anointing upon his life. Or if not, find out if he's willing to go pursue it. Find out if, if, uh, find out if he's willing to be under the control of the Holy Ghost. There is no one man that is sovereign. Only God is sovereign. Everybody else needs an overlord. That means somebody else is impressing your thoughts. Your thoughts are coming from somewhere. And not everybody's thoughts are coming from the Holy Ghost. And so... Not every vision comes from God. Not every thought comes from God. And so when you're dealing with a man, listen to me, woman, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I don't care how clever you are on social media. I don't know how much you're going to look after, um, think you're going to take care of this man. And, you know, he, he used to be like this, but with me. I know he did that day, but with me, he's going to be different. You are kidding yourself. He'll find another way. He was made that way by God. I remember sitting with one woman that came to deal with her son that was on drugs. And um, she, she tells a story public anyway. Her name is Dali, I think, from Elders. Dali, that lady. She sat here and she told us about how her son would tell you when he's on drugs. How his mind plots out with clarity, high definition. How he's going to take this geezer out of the ceiling here. In that house. And steal it and sell it for drugs. Don't you ever believe the lie that you can control that man or able to make sure he, your house is in order because you know exactly what's going on. You don't get married to a man to control him. And to watch over him. Yes, mostly the police, man. 
And you're also not the fruit inspector. The Holy Ghost on the inside of a man is enough to take care of that man, to convict him of any kind of sin. You understand what I'm talking about? Because there is, he can be alone in the house with Pharaoh's wife and she is so thirsty, but he's going to let go of his coat and he must be willing to move. Are you hearing me? He's a man on the move. He's got vision on the inside of him, but he's not willing to stay with that woman. There was nobody watching over them except the conviction of the Holy Ghost. You want the Holy Ghost on the inside of me and in every other man. So that I can walk away from things and saying. He said, Joseph said, Not how can I sin against my boss. He says, how can I sin against my God? And then she persisted. And the Bible says, Joseph is a man on the move. He ran. I wish to tell you, men, that you can sit around pornography and just sit down and just, you know, our God, if you really wanted to go. The Bible says, flee fornication. There's no other answer. There's no other way. I am telling you now that the man inside of you, that man that's ill-disciplined, that doesn't want to exercise, that doesn't want to move away from things that's ungodly, can cancel your whole family, your job, your destiny, your money, your future. It can cancel it out. Because your gift can bring down Goliath, but only the man can keep you from Bathsheba. A disciplined man that can say, I'm not going to live this way. How does that work? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. When you have a man that is submitted to the Holy Ghost, you can go and do your shopping. You can go and take your holiday without him. Because there's things inside of me that the Holy Ghost would say to me, No, son. We've been on this road before. We don't go there. The men won't tell you that. But there's things that you need to be able to can walk away from and saying, no, not for my eyes. I've made a covenant with my eyes. And please hear me. Stop getting so mad at the woman, at the guy for looking. I can look at a woman come around here and, I, and my wife and I say, she's so beautiful. What do you mean? She's beautiful. Am I not beautiful? I didn't say you're not beautiful. I am saying this woman is beautiful. Because there's a difference between looking and lasting. I am not lasting after her. I am admiring her beauty. Is that okay with you? I've made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look lastly on another woman. I will admire her. I will admire the way she looks and the way she dresses. And I'll say, my goodness, you're looking amazing. Now, some women with their own little issues think that I'm trying to, I'm not hitting on you, honey. 
I don't need your inbox that says, hi. Because there's enough lust going on in my house for my wife. Are we allowed to preach this in the church? I don't have a need. to have a women's conference. Let me get up that one. There is no answer for your flesh except you walk in the Spirit. The Bible says walk in the Spirit and not, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You can't keep telling a man's flesh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because the more you say, don't do it, the more you excite the flesh. You can't have it, the more you excite the flesh. What do you do with a man that is dealing with any kind of lust and any kind of stuff that's destroying his life? You teach him the things of the Spirit. This is good preaching. Because John 6 and 63, the word that I give you. It is spirit and it's life. No man can even tame the tongue. You need the Holy Ghost to come and sit on that tongue. Teach him how to pray in tongues. Things of the spirit. You want to curse them out? I you, man. Your flesh is unruly, man. The Bible says nothing good dwells in the flesh of a man. Nothing good. And the day you accept that, you'll understand that you must get up in the morning to exercise. You must get up and move. You must get up and say, I've got to discipline my mind. I've got to train up in the books. I've got to get up. I know it's winter, but I'm telling you now when it comes to spring, in fact, you should be celebrating. I tell you the day that really excites me is the winter solstice. Because it tells me that the longest night is over and the shortest day is over. Something's about to shift in this place because God's on the move. We are on the move with every other man in this place. Come on, just stand to your feet and celebrate a little bit. Just shout that something's on the move here this morning. That God is doing something in a man's life right now. We might not be where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. We've come a long way. Come on, let there be a man that can shout in this house. Nick by night tells him that the way you get this thing done son we open it up to you to be born again of the spirit because that which is born of the spirit is spirit that which is born of the flesh is flesh number three he deals with his first miracle he deals with it in John chapter 3 it deals with water turning to wine. It deals with a family situation. A man that would have been embarrassed because he ran out of wine. He then teaches you about transformation. What is transformation? Six water pots. The six represents man. And he says, if you take that man and you fill him with the water of the word of God. The Bible says to the brim. Until his thinking changes. You can take that ordinary man. 
and turn him into a place that when he served to the world, he becomes sweet. And I believe that over every man in this place, that God has kept the best for last. I believe that as you walk into the world and you walk with the anointing, the business is going to flow from you in the season. People are going to see a new you because you are playing the man. You are in the church. You are under the word of God. I believe that. Don't you believe the lie that he can't change? Don't you believe the lie that that's it? Come on, there's more to it than what you're seeing right now. That man can change give him some time I know he just looks like something ordinary but keep pouring the water honey over your boys keep pouring the water honey keep pouring water until he begins to understand this is who I really am there's a miracle in your house because God has kept the best for last All John's telling you is about how you can take ordinary people and make them extraordinary. He goes into John chapter 5. John chapter 5, he deals with a woman. He meets at the well that is messing around. Doesn't know who she is. Leaks in her container. And he gives her true worship. And he gives her the revelation. He says, those who worship the Lord must worship him both in spirit And in truth, and she drops her past, speaks the truth, and walks out free. And she sets the city free. Stop putting condemnation on women, man. What a crazy man would come and tell that a woman anything. Get of that. Hurting people hurt people, man. And so sometimes some boys must deal with their daddy issues. Because now you take it out on your woman. And any man that's beating on a woman is really beating on himself. He doesn't know who he is. He deals with the spirit. All John, you study John chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Go and read today. And I will work on Wednesday night. We'll work through John chapter 5. We deal with a man who laid in a position for 38 years. In a dysfunctional position. And how you get that man out of that place. Is my point, man. I got so much to teach. Let me end, but my time's up. John chapter, just give me Genesis chapter 25. I think it was Genesis chapter 25. Ah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me not do this. Let's land the plane properly. I hate it when those pilots just, you know, let me not be that pilot for this morning. Sir, it's inside you. God made you that way. You are born of the Spirit. Don't believe the lie that you can't hear God's voice and get a vision for your family. Don't believe the lie that you can't go home right now, take a piece of paper and go and draw some things. So it's like, honey, what do you see in your kitchen? But where are we going to get the money? No, 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 don't talk to me about money. What do you see? What do you see? Abraham, as far as your eye can see, the most miracles Jesus 
performed in the Bible was the opening up of blinded eyes. He's trying to talk to the body so that you can see some things. Every man must be able to can see the future. Where do you think suicidal thoughts come from? It's a man that can't see beyond his trouble. You can't see him coming out of that mess. You can't see himself coming out of poverty. You can't see himself coming out of, you know, the addiction, whatever it is. That's when depression kicks in. Obstacles are those frightful things we see when we take our eyes off the vision. What gets me going on a, mo- a Monday morning? Prayer and vision. That's me. Prayer and vision. People don't like you. That one said that. No, no, no. Prayer and vision. Oh, but you don't have enough money. No, prayer and vision. And I'm to stay with God, praying and keeping the vision in front of me. Because a leader ceases to exist the day he's got no more vision. The same with every man, because you were made to carry vision. Or to be a part of it. And you want to ever see somebody wandering in the wilderness with no vision. It's the saddest thing to see. Great gifts going nowhere. I mean, it looks good for the world. Keep your sunglasses on, buddy. But I'm telling you now, it's you know when you put your head on that pillow, you're not going anywhere. You're, not, you, you're moving, but it's only in circles. It should bother you. But didn't we walk around this mountain? It's now 40 years. Didn't we go around this mountain? I'm sure we saw this thing here before. No, no, your glasses are so deep. It's like, you know, we're not walking. Just pretend we didn't see it. No, but this is another month and it's another year. We broke again. I mean, at what point do we deal with our marriage? And say, can we fix this thing? It's a hard conversation. Hmm? When you're going to just make up your mind that some things are going to change in my home. The way we eat, maybe the wrong foods, the things we're drinking. I got off, you know, my doctor looked at me eight years ago and he said, you cannot have any more of those soft drinks. And you can't drink those juices as well. It's been eight years. Never had. He says, you need to up your water intake. I had to do it. There's things that must change. And when I said that, I said, by the grace of God, Holy Ghost, you need to help me. Become that man. And make me the one that is disciplined. You can't go and keep looking to the world and waiting for somebody to say, to come in, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell Pastor Max, don't, don't bring me into that conversations in your home. I, I'm telling you. I'm hearing this. No, don't bring me. The Holy Ghost is the one that is the one that will convict you. And when a man is under the control of the Holy Ghost and the fire of God's on the inside of him, you can't stop that man. Not let the Holy Spirit, this, come on somebody, the steps of a good man I'm going to say it one more time. The steps of a good man. Yeah, scriptures we can end. 1 John 5 and 4. 
1 John 5 and 4. Read with me. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So anytime you get born again, you are born of God. You take your faith and you overcome every situation. They tell you you're never going to make it. It's a lie. They told you you can't hear from God. It's a lie. They told you you can't write. It's a, you can study the Bible, man. It's, it's, if, if there's anybody that can really help you, it's this apostle. Because I'm not giving you just any kind of thing that I'm throwing out. I'm giving you methodical, line-upon-line stuff that you can go through. Even through that image. Start in the book of John. Of course you can read. Nah, man. Go to settings on your phone. One guy came to me and told me, ah, I can't read you. My eyes are going. Go to settings, Baba. Change that thing there to increase the font size. And read that Bible. And everybody said, because the rest is excuses. And you must rid yourself from the excuses. Put away that nonsense. Because you are here to overcome the world. And the only way you can overcome, you better have some faith on the inside of you. For your business, for your family, for your health, for your future, for your children. And it's going to come by the Spirit of God when you understand the book of John. And everybody said a good amen. And here is my prayer for you this morning. Genesis 5 and 24. This is your husband to be. And if this is any man in the house, you don't put Enoch's name in there, you put your name in there. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, is this a men's conference? I mean, squeak up. I mean, speak up. And can you shout your name out? Come on. Walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. This must be your prayer until the end of your days. That your relationship with God is going to be so tight. That as you walk with God, you'll be no more. You. You're so deep in God that you won't even have a funeral. The man who never had a funeral. God just took him. Just took him. Because he walked with the Lord. You could not see him anymore. You just saw the Spirit of God. It's my desire. Spirit of the living God. For every man to know the Lord. It's the people who know their God. They'll be strong and do great exploits, man. Let us stand to our feet. Let's have the worship team up here. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Woman, don't accept it 
I'm not talking about fighting with your husband. I'm talking about fighting on your knees. Don't you accept it when you see that man walking around the way he's walking, messed up, drunk sometimes, smoking, doing his thing, out of a life. I was there. My mother stayed on her knees. Said, open up his eyes. The eyes of his understanding. That he may know the hope to which you have called him. God will dry up the desire inside of him to walk after unrighteousness. What God did for me. And he's still doing because he's still chiseling. He's still shaping. I'm still on a journey with God. Here is my encouragement to every man this morning. Read with me. Not that I've already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on. Come on, somebody shout. Let's press on. Come on, encourage every man. Turn around to your left, to your right. Look to your neighbor and say, and every man say, press on. Come on, tell him. Encourage them this morning. Everybody online, shout, press on. Type in there, press on, press on, press on. We're not, we have not perfected yet. We're not there yet. We are on our way. We are on our journey. We are coming. We are coming. We are coming. But I know that I've already perfected or attained anything, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, men, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press. Everybody shout, I press. I need just, uh, maybe they think the ANC is in here and doing an Amanda. No, no. I press. Shout, I press. Shout, I press. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We are not perfect. But if, if you get a man that wakes up tomorrow morning, your son, your husband, you encourage him. When he's gone and had a hard day and he had to press through some stuff, say thank you that you pressed in another day. You anointed for this. Is that the best encouragement, ladies, you're going to give the guy? Come on, is that the best you can do? Come on, connect with every man. What are you looking for in a man? For the rest of his days, he's either pressing into God, he's fleeing fornication. He is walking with God. He is working the fields. He is looking for the vision. He is walking as a lion roaring against the enemies and the elements around him. Please write this down. This is for you. The eagle sees it. 
The lion protects it. The ox works for it. And the man gets respected for it. What is every man looking for? Respect. I don't need your love. I need to know that my work counts for something. That the vision that God gave me counts for something. Ladies, don't make this thing so cheap. There is more in that man. I will teach you that the only reason why some men are broke is because as an ox, they're working hard, but they're in the wrong field. Let me announce it. Nobody broke, nobody's sick in this house. Every man, you will fulfill your days in the name of Jesus. You will show yourself a man. You will walk in victory all the days of your life. You are an overcomer. I am going to get it from this church to agree with me this morning that every man in this house will rise up in resurrected strength and ability and power. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. You will walk in victory all the days of your life. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Come on, shout an amen in this church, man. Shout an amen. Come on, lift up your voice. Let there be a shout. And listen to me. I'm calling every prodigal. Be willing to move, man. If you made a mistake, move back home. Wives, don't entertain that. Why don't you encourage him to move back to the, in the direction of God? And say, honey, this thing's not working. We tried something. We thought it was right. Our flesh moved us. Whatever it was, can we go back home? How about we make things right? Fine. You cannot be so full of pride that you will die in your sin. Elimelech was that man that moved out of the house of bread into out of Bethlehem and went to a far country and had took his boys with them and they got married to these girls and the boys and the father died because they wouldn't move back. It was the girls who moved back and said there's manna, there's harvest, we're going back to the house of the Lord. I'm calling every man back to his position. I'm calling every man. Come on, encourage them right now. You've got to encourage people to come back into the prayer. Get them to move and say, no, honey, we can't stay here. We're going to die if we stay in this place. You must be willing to move. Find me a man that's willing to move, even if in his mistakes. The prodigal son must be applauded. For coming back home and saying then make me make me if it is a servant i'll accept it the father said i'll make you a son but he brought him back home the number one thing you're looking for in any man is movement because he's not going to get it right all the time but can he repent can he change his mind can he come out of his religion can he come out of his Whatever spirituality is God. Can you put a part? I mean, you've studied all your books. You've got all the spiritual understanding. How clever you are. And the spirit of truth is the only thing that can set you free. 
The rest is bondage. Are you willing to leave it? Take up your cross and follow. Every head bowed and eye closed. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You came here as a disciple. You came here as somebody just to listen to the word. But I am telling you now, inside of you is a man that is an overcomer. That is made to win. You were not made to be a burden to society. You're not a mistake. You're not just some kind of flesh and lust. You are a man born of the spirit that can overcome in this world. That can walk in victory all the days of his life. You were made to have respect in your home. In society. In life. You were made to overcome. You can break from poverty. You can break from that sickness, the disease, the addiction. You can break from it. But you must have the spirit of the Lord on the inside of you. You must be born again. Otherwise you cannot see the kingdom of God. This is a season for men to take their rightful places in the kingdom of God, in the spirit. If, it's, if that's you this morning, let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Come on louder. Come on. Say, I confess that I'm a sinner. Some men struggle to say sorry. Some men struggle to apologize, to say, honey, I made a mistake. You're going to learn how to do that because that's a man on the move. Let's now say it before the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe you died on the cross for a sinner like me. Today I receive you as my Lord and as my savior. I receive you into my heart. Give me a brand new start. But empower me now to live for you. By the power of your Holy Ghost, strengthen me. Make me the man. Make me the man. Make me the man you called me to be. I want to live for you. I want to see your glory upon my life, my family, my home. And I want to walk with you until I am no more. This is my desire in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen and amen. Come on. Come on, you're born of the Spirit now. You've overcome this world come on clap your hands with some strength did you receive the word of God this morning did we pour some more water into that vessel did we not speak to a man that can be raised up in the season and become what God has called him to be listen to me man the reason why you confess your sin quick is because sin makes cowards of men and instead of a lion roaring we have little kitty cat in the house why Sin does that. Be quick to repent, man. Before the Lord, say, Lord, this is sin. This is unrighteousness. This is unholy before you. I can't pretend. This is not right. Treating people or opening up your eyes to things you shouldn't have. Or whatever it is. Your anger, that's unrighteous. We'll speak about the anger and the lion next week and on drawing. Because the Bible says, be angry. It's a command. But do not sin. There's a lion inside of you that must roar. But the enemy will just turn the thing into a little something that, is, that, that can't open up your mouth. So at any time you start to say, but honey, can we fix this thing? 
Oh, but remember what you did. I was like, oh, hold up. Can we forget the things that lay behind and give the man a chance to breathe? Not punish him because of what his sin is, his flesh has produced. Because he is a man of the Spirit. Come on, let him soar this morning, ladies. Come on, clap your hands and let your husband soar. Don't punish him for the things of the past. Don't make him pay for the sins of his past. Come on, set him free this morning. I speak to every man, there's no condemnation. Be free this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be free from the condemnation. For that which is born of God overcomes this world. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now set him free and every woman in this place shouted a good amen. Thank the Lord for you and your giving and all that you're doing. Your tithes, your offerings. Listen, you've got to discipline that flesh. And saying this belongs to God, that belongs to me. We can have this. No, honey, that's not ours. That belongs to God. That disciplined man is Dr. Luke. Because he will teach you about giving and how it is to function and discipline your life. So that you don't eat your seed and live broke in the future. We've sown seed for people, ministers across the globe year after year. God continues to supply and do exceedingly abundantly because whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. Your tithes and your offerings is one thing. Your seed that you sow is for your future harvest. Father, bless your people in their giving. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Keep your word That's what you do That's what you do You stand and receive the blessing of the Lord men listen to your apostle this morning you are made to be respected in society not to be a fool but to overcome in every area of your life in your family your home and your community you are made that way by God Bible says husbands love your wives wives see that you respect your husbands your husband needs your respect you ask any man there are many reasons why men don't like men's conferences because they just rip through the hearts of men and there's a whole lot of and it's disrespectful awful the reason why I'm on this earth is because I was made to be respected now, I'm not demanding it from anybody else. Let my fruit, the fruit of my life show. 
Father, I bless every man under the sound of my voice. Ladies, young girls, don't accept a quarter of a man. We need to know that there's four faces. At least he's working on them. I bless you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Listen to me, man. You're an overcomer, man. You are, you are made to walk in dominion. You are made to walk in victory all the days of your life. Don't accept the lie of the enemy. This is the season where you're going to get movement from God. As you've moved to this church and you moved in this, in this service, I pray that the Holy Spirit moves on your finances in a real tremendous way in this week. I pray there be a breakthrough, the door open for you and your family to lift the shame and to lift the pressure that you've been under in the name of Jesus. I pray that if there's anything physically in your body that you're struggling with, that you're going to find a breakthrough and an answer, some supplements or some medication that's going to give you the breakthrough that you need for your family and for your home. If there's a field that you're in the wrong field, I prophesy that over you, that you're going to walk into and step into the right field for that God has got that matches your gift and your destiny and your purpose but you are a man of the spirit and you are an overcomer as you move with God in the season may God open up new doors for you for your family and for your future we love you God bless you in Jesus name can we go rejoicing let's celebrate every man in this house in Jesus name Amen